Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Also, this episode brought to you by Studio.com. Studio, your source for great, awesome Bluetooth earbuds and headsets. Check them out at Studio, S-U-D-I-O.com. Use code Wookie at checkout for 15% off. So, hacha hachu obinki. I know I butchered that. That's you, you better be careful how you pronounce your hutis. You don't want to insult some of the people that actually speak that. Uh, I could care less what Java thinks. <laughs> I'm not scared of Java. Also, you should have deepened your voice. All right. How are you? So, welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, Sell, Mike. Uh, to take that quote from 16 Candles. Oh, uh, what's uh, happening? <laughs> I'm not doing the tail end of it. I was wondering if you are going to finish that. N- yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll just stick with well, what's uh, happening. Not much. Uh, nothing. Back getting ready for San Diego Comic-Con next week. Yep. Last, we're heading into the final week of the Geek New Year. So that's, Well, isn't it the final week of the old Geek Year? Yes, that's what I'm Into meant. the Geek Year? We're getting ready to go into the new Geek Year. So, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, um, trying to think, where do we begin? Well, how about the, the quite obvious one? Rumors. We can't stress this enough. Yeah, nothing is official yet. Rumors. Rumors, rumors, rumors. Billy D. Williams is reprising the role as Lando Calrissian. Now, me, when I heard this or read this, I was a little leery because we kind of heard the same thing when in regards to Episode 8, you know, to The Last Jedi. Oh, he's coming back. But it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, supposedly... Chatter about Williams joining the production, uh, which is going to begin later this summer, has increased recently when the actor bowed out of an upcoming sci-fi and pop culture convention, citing a conflict with a movie schedule. Sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter, sources, keyword, it may not be true because nothing else has been verified by The Hollywood Reporter that they have reported. No, none of it's been completely there. But Williams will indeed be returning to the film institution. I'm sorry, at this point in time, with it, it's, a, it's an institution, not a franchise. 40 years, 40 plus years, is an institution. So what's the next step past institution? Just go straight to asylum? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's it's starting to get to be an asylum. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to keep things positive, though. Um, Williams has returned to the role uh recently voicing Calrissian in cartoon in Rebels and in, in some video games. 
Um, of course, you know, the character is one of the more popular personas in the Star Wars universe, uh, especially after the way Donald Glover portrayed him in Solo, a Star Wars story. So, yeah, but isn't um, Han Solo's another one that was a very popular character? Yeah, and you see how this movie turned out. Yeah, when it and, came to actually people watching it, like I said, it was a good well, movie. We love movie, but oh, it's in my top five for sure. And it'll be in everybody else's top five as soon as they watch the Blu-rays and DVDs because you realize everybody that said well i'm not going to go see the movie they're all buying either the blu-ray dvd or they're um buying the digital you know i haven't seen a blu-ray dvd digital combo like target unless it's going to be eventually target i haven't seen one listed uh let me check amazon so because target doesn't have it listed on theirs unless it's a last minute thing but i'm looking at this picture of billy d williams from the solo premiere and then billy d williams from empire oh that's that's gonna be interesting. Oh, Billy. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, what are y'all's thoughts on this? I mean, I, I'm still leery about it, but I, I don't know. I think maybe thing may be justified for it because again, he was supposedly supposed to be there for uh, for what call it for uh, episode eight and wasn't there. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. Looking at um, the fact that we don't have Carrie Fisher, she can't do it. Um, But seeing how J.J. wrote The Force Awakens and how he used the legacy characters there, I think this could be a good thing, and it would actually um, add some legacy to this movie, which has been a theme throughout these three films. Right. And since we're not going to have Carrie Fisher, which is, according to all the rumors, this was supposed to be her film. Yeah. So have someone come in just as that, um, because officially Luke Skywalker's dead at this point. Han Solo's dead at this point. We're left with Chewbacca and Lando, really, pretty much, because Akbar's gone. Mon Mothma, I believe, is gone, or that or she is so far gone out of the public eye that it won't, you know. She, For all we know, she died on Hosnian Prime when they, um, they got blown up. So I believe she was still, no, I'm trying to remember if she was retired yet at that point. Uh, I don't remember. But anyway, she's not, um, she's not a big name for the legacy anyway. The only other big character I think that was left, other than Chewbacca, which we know is still around, would be Lando. Yeah. Yeah, I and guess so. The legacy over the last 30 years or 40 years of Lando Calrissian is uh, probably a lot bigger than when you actually see him on screen and what he does on screen. He's one like um, Boba Fett that has gotten a lot bigger over the years than than he ever was actually on screen. Yeah. It would be kind of nice to see Lando again, but... Well, I guess the question I've got is, would there be with uh, with this film? I mean, they have talked about Leia being written off. Yeah. With, with obvious, there's not going to be any screen time for because there's nothing there for. You know, we don't have Carrie Fisher. So, I mean, what do we do? Does Lando come in and, and take over? I don't see that. No. I think they missed, they missed something in The um, Last Jedi. The part that DJ played could have very easily have been Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have been Lando. Or it could have uh, been um, Maz Kanata's role in the whole thing could have been Lando. I don't think I don't think you could have done D- DJ as Lando because then you wouldn't have had the uh, the twist where he kind yeah. of, you know. But if you'd have had, if they'd have gone, like, um, instead of going to Cancel Bite, they went to Cloud City. Because we know Cloud City had the casinos, too. Yeah. yeah. And actually, um, the Codebreaker, Ben Lobot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could. Then we're going to rewrite the movies again. Where's Lobot? 
Because in the books, you see that um, Lando still works with Lobot at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so it'd be interesting what they could do. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be interesting to see what they would do. And uh, who knows? It's I'm, I'm hoping this is true. I really am. Yeah. But I, I've got that funny feeling. It's just... Well, if you look at Last Shot, is this going to be a Lando that's married? Because in Last Shot, he was heading that direction. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Lando's the type to stay married for too long. Depends on the woman. <laughs> You can't have L3 anymore. Well, I mean, you could. Never mind, I won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what it is. This movie comes back because with Han gone, um, he's going to show up with a deed or uh, um, title for the Falcon and try to claim the ship again. So you can get L3 back. Yeah, there you go. He never quite got over L3. Yeah, I could do it too. (laughs) But... um... I don't know. I, mean, I I think we talked about this Wednesday over on Weeby Geeks. A little bit, yeah. And, and Derek looked him up on IMDb, and yes, it's listed there, but there was another movie he was listed for as well, which he could be going maybe towards that. So who knows? And, and, and they don't specify either what sci-fi pop culture convention he bowed out of. Yeah, it was a sci-fi pop culture convention, and it was confirmed by sources. This is the vaguest article I've seen in years that they're and everybody on the internet and um all the news sites are running with this. Okay. I know. Yeah, I've been seeing it like crazy. One, how many pop culture conventions are going on right now across the country? Between <laughs> this week? <laughs> no. Well, let's see, from the time the story came out on the ninth till supposedly when filming starts this fall. That's actually a couple weeks away. I mean they said they're doing late summer. Still, I mean, there's quite a bit between July, August, September, October, even November. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shows there. Yeah, there is. So, ooh, he's had to cancel a appearance or an upcoming appearance. Okay, we're only talking one show. How many? I'm trying to see if he's got a a listing. No, he doesn't have. Of course, he doesn't have a website. So, Billy D. Williams on appearance. Uh, ScienceFiction.com. Did they list? Apparently, he was supposed to make an appearance at the Saskatchewan Entertainment Expo in September. Hmm. So we're closer. Maybe he just didn't want to travel to Canada. It is cold that time of year. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay. Especially Saskatchewan. September, that's one of the rumored times that uh, the final film's supposed to be filming. So, who knows? Who knows? Um... But bet you J.J. Abrams knows. Well, I'm sure he does. But there, I hope Billy Williams but, knows. But the way they've been making these movies, he may not know yet. This, this is, is true. true. But we have yet another rumor. The rumor mill has been going nuts this week, this past week. Well, actually, the last couple of months. I know, and nothing's been confirmed. Yes. Yeah, so another rumor, another another legacy character. Um. So we've. We've all heard the unofficial announcement that they're doing an Obi-Wan movie. But, of course, that was still, to this day, is still unofficial. However, uh, Belfast Telegraph, uh, they just recently reported on an upcoming production of Game of Thrones, uh, the prequel spin-off, spin-off, I just made a new word, spin-off they're doing in Paint Hall Studio, in the Titanic Quarter of Belfast. 
So what does that have to do with Star Wars, you might ask? Well, they also mentioned that Obi-Wan would also be filming in the city in 2019. Uh, of course, there aren't any details outside of its start of production. Uh, and, but the Belfast Telegraph says that Obi-Wan will begin filming in April of next year. Yeah. So that could give it a possible release date of 2020, perhaps. Yeah, well, and of course, our our friends over at Fanthatrax have mentioned the same thing, that once they were wrapped at Elstree after the first of the year, pre-production was going to start for the Obi-Wan film. Mm-hmm. So that rumor with this rumor is is getting there. And actually, that puts it right on schedule if because um, we're getting the episode nine at the end of 2019. So 2020 would be about the right time for the next film anyway. Yeah. And hopefully right, yeah. they did with Solo and actually put it in December. Yeah. Like I told you guys sure. um, the, before the show, I was talking to a guy um, I met tonight about just about Star Wars in general. And he was talking about how um, he didn't go see Solo. And pro- the part uh, the reason he didn't go see Solo is not that he doesn't want to see it. Just he still needs time to finish processing what happened in The Last Jedi. There's so much that went on. That was such a dense movie when it comes to mythology and just the way Star Wars works that he's not ready for more new Star Wars yet. Makes sense. Well, and- so if Episode 9 does anything like the, um, as thick as the for Je- Last Jedi was, you're going to need some time for people to process. So maybe um, Lucas found the, the right um, spacing by putting two to three years between his films. There may have been a reason, a method to his madness. Yeah. Now, of course, we also had that story the other week about Obi uh, Obi Wan, uh, Ewan McGregor coming in to uh, record some or do something for Episode Nine. Yeah. So all it's just, I got that I got that figured out. Yeah. We're gonna have a scene where it's um, all Ghost Jedi. We're gonna get um, Ewan McGregor and Yoda and uh, um, Luke all sitting around talking. Nobody else is gonna be around. It's just gonna be the three of them in ghost form talking. The Council of the the Ghost Jedi Council. Maybe they'll bring in Anakin. They'll bring in Hayden Christensen. It's gonna be Yoda, Luke. Anakin, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. uh, Mace Windu, Plo Kloon, Kit Fisto, and they're all playing Sabacc. That's right. <laughs> the Jedi Ghost Council. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's the Jedi Ghost Council annual Sabacc tournament. You know, eventually, we're going to throw out one of these stupid lame brain ideas like this, and it's actually going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so re- remember some of the stuff we throw out there, friends, because you never know. This is true. We uh, never know who's listening. Sometimes you do know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a rough idea who might be listening. What conversations that have been had. Ah. But would it get to the right hands? I'm not counting on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. I a question is, at this point in time, do we really need an Obi-Wan standalone? I mean, I want to see another standalone, but I mean, w- if we get Obi-Wan, when do we want it to take place? That's Pre- where it into pre Phantom Menace, which is not with Ewan McGregor, because at this stage in the game he's too old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other question How is get before Episode Three, maybe hair and makeup can do a lot of stuff. Before Episode Three, then you've got Christensen so as well. Huh? 
then you have potentially Christensen as well. That's the potential, yeah. Now, it would be interesting if you have a cameo from him and maybe a Ahsoka cameo in this, if they do it somewhere during the Clone Wars and it's a mission that Obi-Wan went on. Even if it's just uh, they're walking in the background at the temple. That might be our way to get Ahsoka on the on the um, live action. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to go. I think they're going to do something um, in between three and four. If it is between three and four, there, there'd be no reason why we couldn't have Ahsoka run into. You know, he run into Ahsoka on Tatooine. Possibly. But like I said I, I, before. And it, and it's, uh, but I think if it happens, it happens as a fluke. Yeah. Like I've said before, the problem for me is that um, his mission was to watch over Luke, which means he shouldn't be really leaving the planet at all. So if they um, if they follow that and actually with what's been done in the movies without retconning anything it's you're stuck on Tatooine for the whole movie and I, I don't know if I want to see a Star Wars full-length movie all in one location or all in one planet no so I mean yeah. they I mean they whatever they want they're the ones writing it now but it's not the Star Wars I was that we've ever seen before true now as a um, TV series like we've said before like an anthology TV series or um, even a made-for-TV movie that, for the new streaming service. All in one location, you could pull that off and tell a short, uh, um, a smaller story in scope. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you maybe could do something with uh, with him staying on Tatooine, and it might still be interesting. It is because it's something they've never tried before. Yeah. Well, either way, it's Star Wars. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> Of yeah, course. same here. I have a problem. It's called Star Wars. And you could have other ways to bring in other planets and stuff. Yeah. Well, Possibly. It's, it's like we've talked about. No, I wasn't as high on Last Jedi as you guys were. I still love the film because it's Star Wars. I mean, it's I, okay, I'm, more, I'm more critical of the film than I am in any of the others. It's okay, Mike. It's okay. You've been wrong before. Yeah. I, I I think I just lost Derek and, and Ken. Uh, you guys, you guys there? Wait, let me check my my travel guide for a good swear. Speak <laughs> <laughs> something good in Hatties here. <laughs> this is this travel guy is gonna be and the cool thing is it's it was written by Ben Burt and yeah. the illustrations in it is by Sergio Araganos, you know, from Gru and Mad Magazine. So I, I this is a cool book. And again, I didn't get turned on to this until I heard it on Keepers on the Fringe. So Keepers of the Fringe, sorry. <laughs> so We're happy we catched your attention. Uh, so yeah, some of this is like the English, and then what they want, <laughs> and then what the translation, and then what the the language is. The language is almost in some of them is almost longer. Yeah, yeah. And this is the Star Wars Galactic Phrasebook, right? Galactic Phrasebook and Travel Guide. Yep. Yeah, I think this is a book that's going to start going with me almost everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay. My hand, if it gives you yeah. size relevance. It's literally the size of my hand. And, and there's backstories behind this, too. I know. We just tangent it. Went on tangent. Oh, <laughs> and there is a thing on here. Uh, one of the chapters. I just caught this. Part two, Behind the Sounds. And it's Ben talking about uh, how he did the recordings. And oh, by the way, happy birthday to Ben Burt. His birthday was this week. Oh, yeah? So I will say happy birthday to Philip here and, and my inspiration on why I got into the audio business, audio industry, entertainment industry is Ben Burt. So 
Yeah. Happy birthday, Ben. Hopefully, if things work out, I would love to get Mr. Burt on the show. Yeah. I would be in heaven. <laughs> I really, really would. Would it, Would I be starstruck? No. Because I've already chatted with the, with the gentleman many a uh, couple times at Celebration. And I was not, thankfully, I was not starstruck at any one of those times. But, yeah, it's, I, I would love to have him on the show and just really sit down and chat. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, I guess let's, let's go ahead and move on to to the next thing. And, and this is cool that this this is coming back. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, this is the evolution of a contest that Lucasfilm has been doing for years and years and years. The, the Lucasfilm for many, many moons has had the Star Wars Fan Film Awards. Well, now in the Disney era, Lucasfilm and Star Wars is actually, um, and this is actually the press release right off of StarWars.com, they're announcing the Star Wars Fan Awards 2018. And this is the evolution of the Fan Film Awards. It says Lucasfilm and StarWars.com are thrilled to announce the Star Wars Fan Awards 2018, the ultimate celebration of Star Wars fan community. Or creativity, sorry. Uh, we want to honor the many ways the, that fans express their love for the galaxy far, far away, including everything from fan-made films to cosplay and beyond. So if you're, mo- if you're most impressive, uh, we want to see what you can do. Now, this is the list of categories. There's many different ones and three main categories. You have videos, long, which are up to five minutes, or short, up to 15 seconds. Now, the categories in videos is best animation, best stop motion, best comedy, best choreography, best visual effects, audience choice, filmmaker selection, and spirit of fandom. Then um, the newest categories is they have photos. You have best scene inspired photo, best family portrait, best throwback photo, best original concept, funniest, Best Pet Photography, Best Star Wars Food Presentation, Best in Show, and then Audience Choice. And they've added a Visual Art category. Uh, And under this, you have Best Digital Art, Best Poster Art, Best Custom Costume, Best 2D Traditional Art, Best 3D Physical Art, uh, Best Custom Figure. Oh, that's an awesome one. Best Custom Diorama, Best in Show, and Audience Choice. Now, that's awesome. The two of the ones in there catch my eye were the Best Custom Figure, because there's a huge um, amount of people doing custom figures oh yeah and then best custom diorama there's guys that since the beginning have been doing dioramas with their figures and vehicles and stuff so there's gonna be some good stuff in there uh then it says uh here's how you get started along with some some of the key dates now it says stay tuned to star wars fan star wars fan awards.com for any updates and things submissions open at star wars fan awards.com on july 18th and close september 17th Audience Choice Award voting opens on StarWarsFanAwards.com on November 2nd and closes November 13th. Now, the winners will be chosen by a panel of Lucasfilm judges with an audit with the Audience Choice Award decided by you, the fans. The Star Wars Fan Awards will culminate in a special episode of the Star Wars show announcing the winners and featuring a few exciting surprises. And an expansion of the Star Wars Film Awards or Fan Film Awards, a long-standing Lucasfilm tradition, the Star Wars Fan Awards will highlight the unique talents and gifts of the Star Wars fan galaxy, and we would be honored if you would join us. Star Wars. 
Wars.com. Uh, yeah, then this was all this was all on StarWars.com. So if you look for the Star Wars Fan Awards on StarWars.com or go straight to StarWarsFanAwards.com, there is some awesome stuff that they're adding to this. Now, interesting part is um, the what was the one award? Wasn't there a Lucas Choice Award originally? I think so. I don't remember. That George himself would choose who his favorite one was. And uh, that may be what the new um, in the film category, they have the spirit of or, um, filmmaker select. That may be what that is. But obviously, it's not going to be George making the choice. But yeah, there's actually a if you go onto the rules, there's actually a list, a description of what each category is. Oh, rules? Yeah, the Filmmaker Select Award will be awarded to the contestant who is determined by the judges to have submitted the best overall Star Wars-themed film from among all the submissions using the criteria. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like that, but it's the whole, all the judges. Yeah. So, but this is a, this is great because this does has something for a little bit of everybody in fandom. Yeah. And the the addition of best custom costume, and then like I said, the um, custom figures and custom dioramas are stuff that people have been doing since Star Wars started. Now they're finally going to be able to um, have Lucasfilm look at these things and um, uh, give awards on who they think is the best one at the moment. I know a lot of people that are going to um, love getting into this if they hear as soon as they hear about it. So, like I said, check out StarWarsFanAwards.com, and that'll have all your information on how to do it, including all your official rules. Um, also, the, all of it's on StarWars.com. So, but next up, we actually have next week is San Diego Comic-Con. And Star Wars has a small presence there. Just a tiny presence. Um... Yeah, they might be hard to find. <sighs> From Fanthatrax, our friends over at Fanthatrax, uh, here's a list of the related panels at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Uh, in general, we got Disney Lucasfilm Publishing, which that was a fun panel at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, that's the one panel I did get recorded that I didn't realize I recorded. Oh, yeah. That that's on the feed. Um, there's Hasbro Star Wars, which I attended one of those before uh, Celebration Six. And to be honest with you, it was dry. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about this figure, and you know, we did this, we did that, and we're doing this. And like after about ten minutes, I got up and walked out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the slideshow for this will be up online by the time I get home. <laughs> Um, the women of Star Wars, of course, they did that as well last year at Celebration, and that's what introduced us to Forces of Destiny when that came out. The first three, they're all they say they're in general, but um, they're all they're all stuff that we've seen at um, Celebration. Yep. And I know the publishing and the women of Star Wars are both hugely popular panels there. And Hasbro's always a popular panel because people want to know what toys are coming. Yes. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to remember Michael Siglin. I had to go back and listen to to when I did the panel and see if that was the Lucasfilm rep. Um, but in the animation side of things, we got to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Star Wars The Clone Wars and spotlight on E.K. Johnson. Now, that one's an interesting one to put under animation because E.K. Johnson wrote the Ahsoka book. But she had nothing to do with uh, animation at all. No. This is actually, if you actually if you look at the description of this, it's about E.K. Johnson's um, career and her growing up and how she became an author. Yeah, yeah. So that has nothing to do with Star Wars animation. But, you know, you know 
That's just the category that they put it in here. Uh, moving on, geek fashion. Careers in geek fashion. Uh, then there's the Her Universe Workshop. Uh, behind the Design, Star Wars Fashion Collaborations. Uh, create your own fandom-themed fashions. And Her Universe, it's your universe. So, uh, I looked at some of these ones. And a lot of these, the um, cool thing about this is these are not your panels that are just showing what's coming. These are showing you how to get into this. How did these? Yeah. How did the people that are making what we are wearing now? How did they get into doing this? How do you start do, making your own fa- geek fashions? Right now, well, the following panels are not Star Wars related. They will include um, some familiar faces, like Once Upon a Forever, Destination Nerd, Psychology of a Cult TV Series, Episode Five, International Association of Media Tie-in Writers. The Scribe Awards, uh, Skybound Entertainment, What's Next, Art and Arcana, The Visual History of Dungeons and Dragons, Star Wars Declassified, How a Galaxy Far, Far Away Impacts the World, which I would love to see that one. Yeah. Uh, Cartoon Voices 2, (laughs) I would definitely be in that one, and Powerful Young Women in DC Comics. The Cartoon Voices 2 will have Vanessa Marshall, who was a guest on the show. Yes. And then the, the powerful young women in, D- in Disney Comics will have uh, Delia S. Dawson, who is writing Star Wars Adventures and was a writer on Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Amy Meberson um, of the Disney Princess comic strips. Cecil Castellucci, um, who did Moving Target, a Princess Leia adventure. Jody Hauser, uh, who was a author on Star Wars Forces of Destiny. And Katie Cook, who we've had over on Weeby geeks uh who's involved with the tangled tangled series so um steven melching of star wars rebels and the clone wars will be on the following panels 1988 greatest geek year ever yippee kaye edition it was 50 years ago today celebrating planet of the apes 2001 a space odyssey and rosemary's baby uh, it's geeks ground zero inside the writer's room from script to screen the breakdown and starship smackdown 25 the final countdown and then elsa charretier who is on uh, involved with star wars adventures will be on the panels for comics pr and marketing Comicology's Originals, Comics for the Young Adult Fan, and Guide to Illustrating Comics from Sketches to Final Pages. So, and then they follow up with, head over to the Wookiee Gunner for full details um, on some more of these panels. Well, also, if you go to um, comiccon2018.sketch.com, that's two C's in the middle of Comiccon, and Sketch is S-C-H-E.com. That has your full schedule of Comiccon, everything that's going on at Comiccon. Yep. So, and there is a lot of stuff going on. I, um... For superpowers, I pulled. I went through and actually look, looked through each thing and pulled all the DC panels. And uh, good lord, there's one on Wednesday, like fifteen or on on um, Thursday, like fifteen on Friday, seven or eight on Saturday. Yeah, so it's insane. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're, since the insanity is kind of over. Um, I don't know. I, I would hopefully Lucasfilm will put on StarWars.com the the Clone Wars panel. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I I would love to see him put some of the other panels on there, but they're not going. They're not going to be. I mean, I would love no. to see the the publishing panel. I would love to see um, women in Star Wars panel. I would love to see um, the the one about um, oh shoot, I just had it. Um, the uh, Star Wars Declassified. Yeah, uh, I would love to see cartoon voices too. Yeah. Uh, and, and that Starship Smackdown really sounds cool as well. Yeah. So, anyway, but with, with Clone Wars in 10 years, there there's some other other cool things coming with the Clone Wars. Ah, yes. Very cool indeed. So, let us move to the world of video games, shall we? Yes, we shall. <laughs> with Star Wars Battlefront 2, which recently announced that there are going to be four more heroes coming to the game. I, I would argue that these are not all heroes. Well, it's a technical term in the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody is the hero of their own story. So, you know, it's all, it all depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Anyway. I, I, I'm just going to give that quote. Haku. <laughs> Mike, put the book down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Once you pick it up, you can't put it down. No, you anyway, can't. <laughs> to get back to what I was saying before, uh, so there's going to be four more heroes coming to Battlefront. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, General Grievous, Anakin Skywalker, and Count Dooku. Uh, and Matt Wood has confirmed that the characters will all be voiced by their Clone Wars counterparts, which is pretty cool. Uh, and at Prequel Trilogy writes, Matt Wood revealed recently at a panel that he, he'll he be reprising his role as General Grievous for the upcoming Battlefront 2 Clone Wars DLC. He also said that Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor would be voicing Anakin and Obi-Wan and that there would be dialogue from the films as well as the Clone Wars series. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, there's been no confirmation yet that Corey Burton will be voicing Dooku, but it seems likely that he will be on board as well. And uh, currently the Battlefront 2 is saying that we should expect the arrival of Grievous and Kenobi in August with Anakin and Dooku coming by the end of the year. And in winter, we'll also see the drop of the Geonosis map, which has been teased as one of the biggest maps that the game will ever get. So uh, that's some interesting uh, updates, some cool stuff. I'm wondering, um, since they didn't announce Corey Burton, could they be bringing in, um, I'm drawing a blank now. um, Christopher Lee, no, that won't happen. Lee. Or just using dialogue from the movies. Well, maybe. I guess it would. Yeah, I guess it would depend on what the, what the uh, lines are. Well, it says even here um, in the um, what prequel trilogy wrote that, um, and that there would be dialogue from the films as well as the Clone Wars series. So that means they're going to be pulling stuff from the movies and from the series and everything else. So they they may just be using Christopher Lee dialogue from the movies. Quite possibly, yes. Depends on how what they want uh, Dooku to say. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know if they're going to have the rest, you know, the rest of them played by the cast. I don't see why they wouldn't just. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to wait for a further announcement on that front, or just wait till the DLC comes out. Yeah, and you would think actually the amount of Clone Wars dialogue they already have recorded. Um, if oh. they were going to do that for Dooku, why wouldn't you just pull dialogue from the series as for the other characters also? Right, exactly. 
So if you're going to bring them in to record new dialogue, then you might as well have um, either Corey Burton or Christopher Lee do the dialogue for their character. Mm. And actually, I'll bet you, I don't know how much, I don't remember how many episodes Dooku was in, but he was enough that Corey Burton has probably recorded more time audio-wise than Christopher Lee ever did. I bet, yeah. I bet he has. That's like how um, James Arnold Taylor has played Obi-Wan and more has had more Obi-Wan screen time than any other actor ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we think that's true. So, um, me personally, I'm kind of hoping Battlefront 2 goes on great sale Black Friday, provided I don't yeah. get it beforehand for doing uh, some playtesting for EA games. Uh, if not, I will hopefully pick it up cheap this, this November because I really want to play this game. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it comes to games with gold because they do that a lot of times. Six months to a year after the game releases, they'll put it up for free for Xbox Live owner, um, players. Oh, that's cool. I think uh, I have to check again, but I think I don't remember how much it was used at GameSpot. I, I would need the PC version. You would. I would, yeah. <laughs> So, well, let's move on because we got some qu- some questions, actually. Well, yes. What? And this is actually, uh, let me find his name. Author Adam Rex has a question that needs answered. Are you scared, Darth Vader? Whoa. And this is actually a, um, a book that's coming out from Lucasfilm Publishing for, in their picture book series. And uh, it was recently released from um, Lucasfilm that Star Wars book, Are You Scared, Darth Vader? And that, that follows the d- adventures of the fan favorite f- Sith Lord. Now, this is this is obviously a children's book written um, for, in Star Wars, but has no actual ties to any of the movies. Um, so don't expect to look into the mythology or the character of Darth Vader. This is just a kid's book to have fun with. Um, it was written and illustrated by Adam Rex, uh, and you, they show a couple of pages here from it, which the pages are awesome. Yeah. But uh, io9 interviewed Adam Rex about the book, and he says, I ended up pitching a few broad ideas as well as an early draft of Are You Scared, Darth Vader? As an idea, or as an idea, it has one of the most unsatisfying origin stories where I think the, or where I think the title came to me while I was waiting for a stoplight. And then I sat down and figured out what kind of book it might be that would have that name. The biggest theme that emerged was I worked on the book, or yeah, I worked on the book is that Darth Vader is an intimidating villain, but he's your intimidated villain. He lives in your book, your DVD player, your imagination. He's your action figure toy to play with. And then uh, Michael Sigelin, the Lucasfilm Executive Director of Publishing, explained that the book is not tied into any actual Star Wars film. He says with direct film tie-ins, publishing strives to make sure that those titles enhance support and retell the films in exciting and dramatic ways. The book's not directly tied to the films, but tied to the larger saga. We have the opportunity for new and different approaches to the stories that we can tell. Examples of this include our current Jedi Academy books, uh, the Shakespeare Star Wars books, and obviously the spooky, the new spooky book, Are You Scared, Darth Vader? Uh, one common denominator in all of the titles is they're authentically Star Wars. Now, um, Zoe's got one of the uh, 
Jedi Academy books. Oh, that's a cute I little book. Have, yeah. Well, I have the first two books that started those, I believe. The um, Darth Vader and his son, and then um, what was the second one? Darth Vader's Little Princess or something like that? That oh, I, I have I have Vader's Little Princess. Yeah. It was a Father's Day gift last year, maybe the year before. But the, the Jedi Academy books is a completely different um, style of book from those. Yeah. Well, it was the same author and, in Illustrator, I believe. Yeah. But I would love to get the Shakespeare Star Wars books. They're on my list. I've just not picked them up yet. This, the preview pages they have for this, this book looks really, really cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the artwork is, is just really great. It, it's different, but it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why, but this last page they have actually made me laugh. Yeah. Are you afraid, you know? Are you afraid of spiders? No. Black cats? <laughs> no. Public speaking? No. The dark? Oh. Is that a joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, the one joke they put in here: it's midnight. There's a full moon. That's no moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is no moon. Mm-hmm. So. Or the the first one they put in here is Darth Vader looks down. Um, is this the ghost of Obi Wan? Hmm. Or Yoda? It's a. It is short like Yoda. <laughs> and then um, I think it's just a ghost. And then Vader just says next. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, um, I'm going to put a quick plug in. Studio.com. Check them out. Use the code Wookie for 15% off your purchase of some great Bluetooth earbud headphone technology. Uh, You can find them at Studio, S-U-D-I-O.com. Now, Marvel, you know, we just hit issue 50. Or or did 51 already come out? No, we just did 50, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Thrawn series has come to a, to a wrap, which I'm so sad about that. Um, we got Beckett on the horizon. Uh, Vader's going strong. Afra's going strong. Um, StarWars.com gives us the 10 best moments in Marvel Star Wars comics so far. Starting at number 10, Afra and Tolvan kiss. This takes place in Dr. Afra number 16. Um... Speaking of Afra, no better time for a first kiss than when you're convinced that you're about to die, right? And really, did we expect anything else? Ever since Afra and Tolvin first encountered each other back on Yavin 4, their flirting has escalated to a rapid rate. The relationship between them can't possibly end well. Um, Number nine, which I love this moment when it happened. Afra lives in the Karangillian Darth Vader number 25. Uh, it's the final issue of Darth Vader by Karen Gillian. Uh, it, it, ha- it was a whirlwind of emotions culminating with Vader tossing Afra out in airlock in a swift response to her betrayal. Thanks to some quick thinking and help from her friends, Afra manages to survive certain death without the Dark Lord knowing. Didn't she say, though, if he was to kill her, she wanted it to be by lightsaber and kind of quick? Yeah, I think so. Um, what difference does that make? Vader's going to do what he wants. Yeah, this is true. Uh, for ages, it seemed like Afra's death was going to be inevitable. Early on, she said she knew her clock was ticking. And given that Karen Gillian was the writer, 
heartbreak seemed inevitable. Instead, Dr. Afford not only managed to live, but she got her very own comic that launched soon after. And that, that was a wild, wild issue for the finale. Uh, yeah. Number eight, Vader learns he has a son. And this was back when... Star Wars and Darth Vader were interwoven. The storylines were interwoven with each other, which was awesome because it was done perfectly between Jason Aaron and Karen Gillian. It was, it was almost perfect. It was very seamless. Um, released on the same day, Star Wars number six and Darth Vader number six show us a moment when Boba Fett informs Darth Vader that the pilot who blew up the Death Star is named Skywalker. Both issues illustrate the event through a slightly different lens a display of close collaboration between the creative teams that also sets the stage for both stories going forward as they inch closer to Vader's revelation to Luke on Bespin. It's also kind of a moment that readers yell while reading because it's just that good. And yes, I did. <laughs> I'm one of those readers. Um, and, the, and the page that they have of that is the artwork. Man, I would love to own, a, own this page. Mm, yeah. Well, you know what? Digitally, I could own it. <laughs> Um, see, that was number eight. Number seven, Leia senses Maul's residual presence on Naboo in Shattered Empire number three, which this was kind of cool. Um, Greg Ruka and Angel Unzetta don't need much to make an impact, just two panels. When the Empire brings Operation Cinder to Naboo, Princess Leia and Shara Bay are sent on a diplomatic mission. The Empire had demilitarized the planet years before Queen Saruna suggests seeing if there are any old starfighters from decades prior still functional. When Leia hits the precise spot where Maul once stood, um, she pauses sensing something through the Force. Um, and what was cool was in the one scene, Unzueta superimposes Maul's eyes over the panel of Leia. Um, I don't know about you guys, but Duel of Fates came to mind. Yeah. Uh, it's a perfect nod to the Phantom Menace uh, and Leia's force powers and her connection to her birth, mo- birth mother's homeworld. Uh, number six, Lobot's Sacrifice. Um, Charles Soule first visit to the galaxy. It's his first visit to the Star Wars universe. Uh, Lando and Lobot accept a job that turns out stealing Emperor Palpatine's personal ship. As the job gets progressively worse, the only way they can escape the soon-to-explode ship is if Lobot uses its implants to interface with the yacht. Simultaneously loses a battle to stop the imp loses a battle to stop the implants from taking over. Lobot leaves behind a heart-wrenching message for Lando to to discover later, using his last words as one of the encouragement for his friends, for his friend, and to remind Lando that he could do so so much more if he could only find something to believe in. Lando, old buddy, you're better than this. What a way to end the series with a punch to the gut. Uh, number five, Darth Vader's Meditations in, in Darth Vader number eight uh, by, I believe, Charles Soule again. And this page is just amazing that they're showing. Uh, the new Darth Vader series has been phenomenal. Uh, it's been joked. It's Vader year one. Um, but the moment truly stands out is courtesy of Giuseppe Carmen Cooley. Uh, it's an intense r- rendition of Vader's meditation, which the comics make such a unique storytelling, uh, which makes comics such a unique storytelling medium. Uh, and abrupt shift away from Carmichael's style for the rest of the series, it shows the Sith's inner turmoil and perhaps the most jarring how he perceives his own mechanical limbs. The phrase, more machine than man, takes on a whole new meaning. 
Um, number four, uh, this comes from Vader Down, uh, the actual one-shot issue that leads to the, which is the start of the um, miniseries for Vader Down. Uh, in the comic book equivalent to Vader's final scene in Rogue One, Vader has already taken down approximately two squadron squadrons worth of ships when the rebels think they're going to stop him simply because they outnumber him. Um, Vader's response to their order to surrender is bone-chilling, perfect, because you know it's not bluster. Um, it can only end poorly for the rebels, and spoiler alert for Darth Vader 13, number 13, it does. And again, that was a great series, or a great crossover event with Vader down, and that first book was amazing. Uh, Luminous Beings Are We, Poe Dameron, number 14. Uh, I kind of remember this one, too. Um, news of Carrie Fisher's passing came not long before Charles Soule sat down to write Poe Dameron's 14, which coincidentally included a funeral and a subtle yet definite tribute to our princess. Poe's eulogy for his fallen pirate, Lulo, is eloquent and moving, but it's really Leia's line later that hits home. The rebellion went on for decades, and I'm sorry to say, probably sooner than we'd like, I'll be luminous. Uh, the line lands perfectly as a double-edged sword, making readers reflect both on Lulo's death within the text and Fisher's death in our own world. So that that was a that was a nice tribute there, and the and the picture where we see the Leia at the casket is is amazing as well. It's kind of a nice nod. Oh yeah, and, and, and you notice the sunbeam coming through the one window is kind of illuminating her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number two, Caleb Dune leaves the Padawan behind in Kanan, the last Padawan, number three. Everything we knew about Kanan, the last Padawan limited series, was perfect. From the way Greg Weissman understood the character to Pepe Larraz's style and drawing young, young Caleb. By the time Janice Casimir decides to help Caleb out, the poor kid has already been on the run from the Empire for a while. Uh, Caleb destroys his Jedi comlink, cuts off his Padawan braid, and hides away anything that might link him to his former life. In just two pages, we see how young he is and how much he's had to endure. And that was a great series, and unfortunately, because they were starting to get too close to what was happening in Rebels, they had to stop. That was Lucasfilm that that pulled that one. Uh, and then number one, Chewbacca Among the Flowers. This is out of Chewbacca number one. Uh, compared to the rest of the moments on this list, Chewbacca kicking back and laying in a field of pink flowers might seem an odd choice, but there is a beauty in its simplicity. Phil Noto is one of the best artists in the business, and it shows here. Everyone's favorite Wookiee may have hit a slight stumbling block on his mission, but for this brief moment, he's at peace. I absolutely love Phil Noto's artwork. Yes. And just looking at the two images they have here, it's just, it's, uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that's the top 10 memorable moments in the Star Wars <clears throat> Marvel Universe at this time. So, um, since we're talking books, let, let's check out the the Thrawn book with the interesting poster that's coming with it. Well, sure. As we may have mentioned a little once or twice before, um, there's going to be a new book coming out called Thrawn Alliances. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome story. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I don't remember what the release date was for that. Does it say? Uh, uh, it's the end of the time. Yeah, but they they are releasing. They are going to have uh, exclusive cover copies at San Diego. Yes, they are. And the book is available right now for pre-order. Um, and 
of course, what what was unknown before is that the book is also going to feature a story with Padme Amidala. And uh, along with that story comes a poster of Padme. And uh, the poster will come with the Barnes & Noble exclusive edition of the book. And the poster is actually her on the planet Batu, And uh, for those who don't remember, that is going to be the planet uh, that is going to be found at Disney's Galaxy's Edge theme park. So, yeah, a nice little image of her at the uh, at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> and Nash, this comes out on July twenty fourth. So we got what two weeks? Yep. Oh, cool. Um, so Padme at Black Spire. Yeah. So what's interesting about the new Thrawn book is that it tells two stories in Thrawn's life. One where he he is still a member of the Chiss. Ascendancy, and another where he is already working with the Empire. In both stories, he's forced to cooperate with Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. And knowing Timothy Zahn's knack for Star Wars novels, Thrawn Alliances should be a great addition to the canon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is canon. All you Padme fans, get that book. I want the poster. That's a a cool-looking poster. Yeah. Well, you just got to go to Barnes and Noble and buy the book there. It doesn't. It also doesn't say who did the poster, unfortunately. I would like to know that. Well, um, let me see here. Yeah, I would. I would love to know too. Chances are, it's probably done internal, since mm-hmm. I'm seeing the Disney Lucasfilm logo. It's probably done by internal marketing. So, um, something that's not internal, it's external, and we're all excited for it. And that I'm going to Star Wars. Still more Star Wars. Yep. Well, Star Wars Rebels, um, the show may be over, but the Emmys are not out for this year. And the Rebels has actually been uh, nominated for three Emmys this year. Awesome. They were um, Outstanding Musical Composition for a Series, Original Dramatic Score. Uh, And it was, and the people that are actually nominated on this is Star Wars Rebels, Family Reunion and Farewell is the episodes. Uh, Disney XD, Lucasfilm Animation Limited, Kevin Kiner actually did the music. And we know he did the music for the entire yep. series so yeah uh, they were nominated for an emmy for outstanding children's program and this one goes to uh the whole cast or the whole crew which was simon kinberg executive producer dave filoni executive producer henry gilroy co-executive producer kiri hart producer carrie beck um producer and then athena portillo who's the other producer and they also got nominated for outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series half hour and animation that one goes to the uh side the editing team sorry <laughs> that one goes to the editing team of matt wood who is the co-supervising sound editor david acord co-supervising sound editor bonnie wilde sound editor sean kiner music editor ronnie brown the foley artist and margie o'malley who is also the foley artist so um now we gotta wait till the sep- September seventeenth to actually find out who gets the Emmys. But it's awesome to see them get nominated for three of them this year. Well, that's cool. Well, congrats to to the team over there. Uh, and here's hoping for the best. Yeah, it's great to see them getting um, acknowledged for the work they did on this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyone got anything else? I have one thing. One small final thought. Sure. I well, as we know. Uh, 
When we started recording this, it was Friday the 13th. We survived. We did. And so I would like to say happy birthday to Harrison Ford, whose birthday is on July 13th. Awesome. Oh, yes. Now, I got a question for you, the listeners. How many of y'all with kids took advantage of Build-A-Bear's pay-your-age promotion on no. health? You mean the pay-your-age riots? Yeah. We didn't have riots down here that I'm aware of. I know uh-huh. we had things going out of the mall. We had lines coming out in the mall, leading out the mall, and around one of the major anchor stores to the mall because I took Zoe thinking oh yeah it it shouldn't be that bad you know and like I've heard some people who work there oh we were only expecting 50 60 people at opening not a thousand yeah (laughs) Um, as we pulled as we decided to leave and head home is when Build-A-Bear had cut the lines and said nope this is it. Wow. It was like anywhere between a six to nine hour wait at that point, if you were at the back of the line. But I want to know from from you, the listeners, how many of you guys waited in line and what Star Wars plush did you get from Build-A-Bear? Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. So any other final thoughts? Uh, well, I got a quick one. We already talked about the panels for San Diego Comic-Con, but uh, the Star Wars show actually announced who the panelists are going to be on that uh, 10th anniversary Star Wars Clone Wars panel. Now, we knew Dave Filoni was going to be on it, but also he's going to be um, joined by Athena Pratillo, who is the producer, Kevin Kiner, the um, composer, but also Ashley Eckstein and Matt Lancer are both going to be on the show, which we had figured would probably be there. Now, this doesn't mean this is the end of it. We may actually get more than this, but it's going to be awesome to see them all together back on stage again. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be cool. And the other thing I have real fast is um, we are still looking for con correspondents. Anybody who's actually going to Comic-Con and actually sees any of these panels, let us know. We want to talk to you about it. Or any of the... um, any conventions out there this summer that are doing Star Wars um, panels or exhibits or anything, let us know. We we don't get a chance to get out there to get to all the conventions, so we need people that are going to um, boots on the ground and sending us the stories of actually what's happening at conventions. Yep. yep. Who knows? We need. A... Maybe you could join. Greg Perlman as a writer on the site. And I want to give a shout out to Greg uh, for becoming a one of our writers on WookieRadio.net. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to what he's going to bring to the to the website. And again, it's a great, great opportunity for anyone else. Uh, con, con reports. I would love some con correspondence for the website and uh, maybe record a two, three minute or five minute thing on your phone. Send it to us and we'll play it on air as well so uh, like how do people get um find us or email us and stuff well you can email us at wookie at wookieradio.net or you can find us on instagram at wookie radio one word or wookie underscore radio or on twitter at wookie radio and facebook as well as wookie radio so um you can also leave us a voicemail on speakpipe on our on our website we got anything else i think that's all i had then i'm just gonna leave us with this phrase Yugawa ma uwahama, which means in Wookiee, do you have a salve to kill these parasites? Wow. You speak Shuri Wook about as well as Han Solo does. <laughs> and on that note, give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have played. 
released information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> my